The Nevada Women's History Project was founded by former Clark County State Senator Jean Ford to collect and disseminate information about Nevada women to historians and the general public through its website, publications, and other public outreach. Upon retiring from political life, Jean became acting director of women's studies at the University of Nevada, Reno in 1991. In the spring of 1992, she designed and taught a new course, Nevada Women on the Frontier, which dealt with the study relating to the historical and current aspects of women's history in Nevada. In the course development, she was amazed to find that there was a glaring absence of information specific to Nevada women's participation in Nevada's history. Jean Ford and those early founding members developed a vision for writing Nevada women back into history, and they formed the Nevada Women's History Project as the vehicle to accomplish the mission. When we come back, I'll be talking with Patty Bernard, Nevada Women's History Chair, to learn more about how they're doing on this important work uncovering and preserving the stories of Nevada women and bringing our history to life. If you want the best tax and legal secrets used by successful real estate investors today, contact Sherry Hill, the wealth protection diva at Sage International Incorporated, a local company that's been helping new as well as seasoned real estate investors for over 23 years protect their hard-earned wealth today. To schedule a free 30-minute consultation with Sherry, call 775-786-5515. That's 775-786-5515 to strategize with the Wealth Protection Diva today. Call Sage International. For more than 25 years, the Nevada Women's History Project has done important work uncovering and preserving the stories of Nevada women who uniquely provided our rich history and inspiring legacies. Patty Bernard, who is the Nevada Women's History Chair, is joining me today. And so, Patty, welcome, first and foremost. Thank you very much. And I can only imagine how fascinating it's been to uncover these stories like Caroline, I can't even pronounce her last name, Adumar. Offenhauer. Offenhauer, a rural dairy farmer in Lovelock, Nevada, who fostered more than 100 children or fascinating facts about Nevada's first lady. Pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> so, uh, let me tell you how I got involved, yeah. and I could have very easily helped Jean early on to tell her there were absolutely no resources or a minimal of sources. I was, uh, in one of my former lives, a history teacher. And um, the way you teach history is to involve the children, and my students um, were involved in research, how to teach research skills. So what I did was take the various parks and roads, uh, anything that I could find that was named after an individual that I knew that they had visited or would visit, and um, then took them through the research process steps, took them up to the Historical Society so that they could write a biography of that person. Unfortunately, there were no women. And so um, I met Jean in probably early 1996, and the History Project had really just started. And I actually went to her in search of some sources that I could use. And as we talked together, we discovered that there were none. 
I had none and she did. But uh, I joined the project and thought that that was a, a very worthwhile uh, endeavor to write women back into history. And um, in teaching you a very little time away from school and a lot of the meetings were uh, in the daytime. And so it wasn't until I retired in 2004 that rather than the Assistance League or those many noteworthy volunteer organizations, I volunteered with the Nevada Women's History Project. And that's how I got involved. My first experience was with Jean in one of those trips that you talked about, Women of the West. And um, we traveled to Eureka, Nevada, out to Duckwater, where we um, had um, a wonderful session with the Dan sisters and a woman um, weaver by the name of Evelyn Pete, wonderful weaver who has now passed on. And of course, one of the Dan sisters has passed on also. Um, for a Nevada history teacher as I was, it was fascinating. The neatest thing about it was um, we had to perform, didn't make any difference who it was, in the Eureka Opera House. And so we were busy at night. This is a three-day uh, trip, trying to figure out who had skills at what. Well, my mother was from Eureka. Her father was um, a second uh, generation. And um, she, growing up, this is in the uh, 20s, had uh, been a musical pianist and had performed at the Opera House and plays Chautauquas and things like that. And one of the uh, things that they did as performers was to write on the wall. And they would write, the, all performers would write on the walls. Well, there were several walls that they wrote on. And so when we went with her in 1975, got into the Opera House, which was closed, and um, got into it, and there was her name. So here I am in 1996, performing on the Opera House stage and uh, signing the wall, which that wall is still there. And so um, the next instance was actually going back to the Sarah Winnemucca dedication statue. So through the years, that's why I wound up as Nevada Women's History Chair. Well, and then as you have discovered these obviously amazing women, pioneers, uh, first in many things across our state, it had to have been somewhat surprising as well as fascinating to, you know, discover that, that we had all these amazing women, right? <laughs> well, but, the, the amazing thing is that um, we obviously now since the early 70s, really, when women really started to make a break into the political arena. So many of these women were unheralded in their, in their uh, towns, and yet they were the stalwarts of the town. And so one of the uh, things that we do in the History Project um, as we obtain grants is to go out into those areas, which are so hard to reach from and expensive from Reno or from Las Vegas to do interviews with these women that would never other than our particular interview or a local newspaper ever get credit for the things that they do. And that's one of the amazing things of the History Project is that uh, we have two sections. We have the biographies for those women that have passed on and oral histories because we're making history every day. And so who is, you know, current today is 
history tomorrow. All right, and, and I'm sure a lot of what you learned about these women, I could tell when I was out on the website, nevadawomen.org, is that you're hearing stories from the daughters or the granddaughters that, you know, like you said, there's no written history around them. So the discovery of who should you even be profiling or putting biographies, I mean, you're really, you guys had to really reach out into the community and go, who knows something about somebody? Well, and that's, that's the beauty of it. But as we go into these communities, the first thing we do is, who do you know that, uh, obviously, uh, we can interview everyone, and we try and get those that are up in, in years, and yet we have, you know, young people that are just amazing in um, their, their life, whether it's political, medical, educational, that we also want to capture because uh, we want to attract young people to appreciate the history of Nevada, just those, you know, not those that have lived it. Right, so, and this is a statewide. We are a statewide organization. Gene had envisioned that uh, it would truly be a statewide organization, but the distance between Las Vegas and, well, actually Southern Nevada and Northern Nevada was so great that it just didn't work. So we divested um, of Southern Nevada. They do have the Southern Nevada Women's History Project, but we have continued to be a statewide project, and uh, we go all over the state, not only down to Southern counties as Nye County, uh, Lincoln County, uh, Clark County, um, not as much, obviously, but we still consider ourselves a statewide organization, whereas they are the Southern uh, group. All right. So I imagine you're sharing some resources we, and information. Actually, we and, do. Yeah. And there is another group, Women of Diversity. And that really started us on our, our oral histories. Um, we partnered with them um, Marlene Adrian, who is the head of the Women of Diversity, got a grant, Bicentennial grant, or Susquicentennial, to do 100 women throughout the state for oral histories, and we volunteered to do Central and Northern Nevada. We wound up doing over more than 86 oral histories, of which then are on their website. And that, um, although we had done oral histories, um, not video, and so we thought this is a perfect time to go out and get grants, because really the world is video now. Right. And so that started our video oral histories or actually interviews. We have also uh, done the founding history of the Nevada Women's Fund, as well as the Nevada Women's History Project, and those can be found on our website also. A lot of good information on the website, and just, you know, I was always looking, and you can click on an alphabet, and it'll take you to all the women with their last name, you know, of F or G or H. And it's just really interesting because you think about, you know, each tells a little story, and um, it's just really an amazing project. And I'm sure when Jean thought about it, she didn't realize and how how big this was going to be, right? She had no idea. <laughs> and, and in actuality, that we call it the Alpha Index. And it's a lofty goal, and I don't know how far we're going to get with it. But our goal is um, vertical files which contain newspaper clippings that libraries had in the past, and many still do, are disappearing because everything is going digital. Unfortunately, the newspapers are disappearing because they are not being photocopied. And so once a small newspaper, uh, for example, the Ely Free Press, 
uh, that issue is out, it's gone. No one is photocopying it. There will be no record of that. So we depend on those small museums, as well as the archives or the historical society, uh, to cut newspaper clippings, obituaries, articles about people. And so the Nevada Women's History Project is going from town to town, visiting all of the libraries and museums, and we go through their files and index them for them and then put them on our website. So uh, someone in New York that has uh, interest in a woman in Nevada will be able to go online at our website and see the various places where that woman is mentioned. Now she might be just mentioned as a photograph or there might be um, and that photograph might be at the Historical Society in Reno, but there might be an article if she was from Fallon, and there might be an obituary in Fallon. So it does not show the women, but it shows the repositories that those are in, which is a great help uh, to visit the state. Yeah. Uh, Patty, we have to go to break, and we come back. We're going to talk more about the Nevada Women's History Project and the amazing work you ladies are doing, and of course, help from everyone all over the state. We'll be right back. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. Make shade while the sun shines. SunTech Solar Screening, 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening. Raising bees is becoming more popular by the day. It's an interesting hobby that has tons of benefits, whether you're young or old, and most important, you can help save the bees. If you want to learn the how-tos of this entertaining and profitable pastime, come to the 2018 Nevada State Beekeepers Conference, February 23rd through the 25th in Yarrington, Nevada. This conference helps beginning and advanced beekeepers keep up with the art and science of beekeeping in a fun and informative way. To register, go to nevadastatebeekeepers.org. That's nevadastatebeekeepers.org. For more than 25 years, the Nevada Women's History Project has done important work uncovering and preserving the stories of Nevada women who uniquely provided our rich history and inspiring legacies. Joining me today is Patty Bernard, the Nevada Women's History Chair, and we've been talking about all the great work and, of course, the in-depth uh, requirement for you guys to travel all over the state to gather this information. But there's a couple of uh, very important points you wanted to make. One was the women's suffrage. Let's talk about that. Before that, what I would like to do is put a plea out to anyone that is interested in history, that we're always looking for volunteers to join us, whether they are in Carson or Fallon or Ely or Elko, uh, to get in touch with the Nevada Women's History Project because they in their own particular town can help us out. Um, we take people in all walks of life. We have all sorts of needs, obviously, for volunteers. We are an all-volunteer organization. Um, all right, so we just got the right to vote in 2014. Is that what I'm to understand? We did. We just got the right. <laughs> now, you would think that that, um, that is 
you know, very late. We were late in the West, but we were early in the nation in getting the right to vote. We were known as the black hole in the West. Many of the surrounding states already had suffrage, but uh, we obtained it in 1914. They started at the turn of the century. It just took some time to, uh, as obviously, national suffrage. We have a wonderful website, and it is attached to our nevadawomen.org, although it can also be got from Nevada 100. But um, we are gearing up for the national uh, suffrage 2020, 100 years. We have amazing things on that website with what you would call um, leaders. You, as we have a biography or something, you simply click on that and it'll take you to something else. We have some of the uh, copies of the original documents. We have newspaper clippings. We have maps. We have all kinds of great things. Wonderful for educators. This website is really uh, geared to uh, the general populace, uh, writers of Nevada history, because one of the reasons Nevada women were never included in Nevada history was there wasn't any history to write about. We are, you know, very reticent to talk about ourselves. Well, and we're and, so spread out. You can imagine way back Right. The 1800s. And, but yeah. women generally, if I were to ask for you for an interview, the first thing most women would say is, well, I really haven't done anything. When you start to talk to them, it's amazing. And then they realize. But of course, early on, they never wrote these things down unless there was a diary. And so uh, our suffrage website is wonderful. And uh, our NevadaWomen.org carries a lot of information in addition to the suffrage website, second website. Um, then the biography part, which now we're closing upon 200 women's biographies. And these are women that obviously are very common, those names, certainly Hannah Clapp. But her partner was Elizabeth Babcock, who was the forerunner actually put in with Hannah Clapp, the first kindergartens in the state. And so um, we also have a section on our website with first ladies. Well, it, we always laugh because up until 1950, and I can think of my mother, was known as Mrs. A.E. Bernard. You always took your, your husband's name. There were so many obituaries where the person's with a woman's name was never even mentioned. So we go back to census forms and find out the woman's name. And so we have some wonderful biographies of, of women that uh, were unnamed and we brought them to life and their achievements. So that's a section. And then we have other general sections that, again, are really valuable to writers of history and educators. Well, and just for us to feel more proud about our state. Let's talk about Sarah Winnemucca, who is very famous in our state, but what you guys are doing some work. Sarah Winnemucca, we are really responsible, our organization, for uh, Obviously, many people had suggested, but we had legislators in our organization. Uh, we had a little bit of pull, and so we suggested Sarah Winnemucca, who actually um, made the first American Indian in Nevada, Native uh, American Indian School in Lovelock in 1886, I believe. And um, 
We felt that uh, she should be honored, and we talked legislators into actually passing the legislation, and they did, but they said, okay, now, now we've okayed, but we're not giving you any money. So with Dee McGuinn and um, many wonderful legislators, statewide participation students, children sent in pennies and dollars, we raised enough money for three statues. The main statue, which is in Washington, D.C., that uh, was installed in 2006 as the second statue that was allotted to Nevada uh, statewide in Statuary Hall. Then we had enough money left over that we put an identical one in Carson City. If you have never seen it, uh, we actually started the um, sculptor on his very successful now career. He had just been out of college and um, he was given the uh, project. And where is it? And it is in Carson City in the Capitol. Oh, okay. And the Capitol is open on Saturdays. There is, um, there's guides, and uh, we have information about it. And then there is a smaller statue in Clark County. And so um, that was really one of our amazing achievements that uh, Sarah Winnemucca uh, really stands for early Nevada, but she was so forward looking. She is also the first American Indian to write a book. And her uh, life among the Paiutes is, is a, a wonderful book on, it's the life and wrongs of the Paiutes. Her father, Chief Truckee, uh, was the first uh, Indian to welcome the white men into Nevada. Hmm. Interesting. Well, and that's a great word to attach to the Nevada Women's History Project is interesting, right? Oh, Because there's nothing uh, that you're not going to find on the website or the work that you guys aren't doing that isn't interesting. And the discoveries, and I can only imagine that as you turn a, a dusty page in a, you know, remote uh, library somewhere in our, our state that just something screams off the page that says, here's someone, a woman, who was uh, paramount to our growth and development, right? It's bringing someone to back to life mm -hmm. and giving that person a character. For First Ladies, we have really tried, not always successfully, but we work at it. We can write the biography of the First Lady, but if there are uh, family members um, that are around and are, are willing to write. It is so much more personable, and that goes for all biographies, for a family member to write that because they then can put that personal touch in that makes the woman come alive. We can always look at the facts and write something, but we urge these folks that are out in Nevada that have relatives that have done and maybe not even noteworthy, but were a, really a, a boon to their community, whether it's an, a nurse or someone that did nursing, uh, to contact us and we'll help them write those biographies. Awesome. So do people go to nevadawomen.org to reach you? They would. They would. And it's on our website. So you're looking for, obviously, volunteers or people to um, march in the suffrage or whatever is going to happen, right? And <laughs> we are looking for people to give us information. A lot of information. And so, so yeah. and we get it from all over the state. Um, and then we help them produce information for us or we, you know, 
figured it out ourselves. Well, it sounds like there could be a book in the future here too, right? Every chapter is in a, uh, one of our amazing founding women, so. Well, we have produced books. <laughs> oh, okay, good. <laughs> we, have, uh, we have a book called Street uh, Women That Swept the Desert Floor. We, our last book was uh, actually one that was uh, done for the uh, Washington, D.C. archives, Sarah Winnemucca, that had to be produced on the steps to get the statue. Uh, we have an oral, we do oral histories, and we do sell oral histories. We have a, a book on Pat Triple, who was the first dean of economics at the University of Nevada, and of course, economics is not even taught at the, at the university anymore, although some people think it should be for family planning. But yes, we do, uh, we do have books. Uh, so that that's we a have. way to participate and support yes. the organization. Yes. Awesome. Well, Patty, it went fast. Patty Bernard is who I've been speaking to, who is the chairwoman for the Nevada Women's History Project. And uh, thank you for being here and sharing this great organization with our audience. And uh, just glad to know you guys are uh, tackled this. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Mm -hmm. So you've been listening to the Cherry Hill Show, where business is amplified. SunTech Solar Screening adds elegance, comfort, and privacy to your home. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screens block up to 90% of the sun's heat and glare. SunTech Solar Screening proudly features Pfeiffer Screening products. 3529396. SunTech Solar Screening combines expert craftsmanship, attention to detail, and state-of-the-art materials to deliver a precision fit of heat repellent technology. SunTech Solar Screening adds comfort and style to your home all summer long. Call for a free estimate and you'll feel the difference immediately just by holding up the SunTech solar screen. Don't suffer any longer as temperatures soar into the 90s and 100s. 3529396. Senior citizen and military discounts. SunTech solar screens pay for themselves with lower cooling costs all summer long. Make shade while the sun shines. Call SunTech solar screening for a free estimate. 3529396. SunTech solar screening. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services which lay a solid foundation under the business owner's dream. Sign up for their free monthly newsletter at sageintl.com. That's sageintl.com.